Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, God is good and God is already, His presence is here. He's already speaking to you and speaking to me and saying there's more, there's breakthrough, there's greater things that God has for us. And today, I want to speak out of the book of Joshua, chapter 3, and we're going to read from Joshua, chapter 3, the first uh, few verses, uh, down to verse 7, and then 14 to 17. I want to speak today about how to cross into your destiny, how to cross into your destiny. God has a greater purpose for you individually and a greater purpose for me. We are blessed people, that's true. We are favored people, but there's always more. How many believe that? God wants to do more, not only for you, but in you and through you in Jesus' name. And here are the people of God in this story, poised, waiting for a miracle that would bring them into a greater purpose, a greater place of blessing, a greater place of influence for the kingdom of God. So let's read about it in Joshua chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Joshua started early the next morning and left the Acacia Grove and with all the Israelites. They went as far as the Jordan and stayed there before crossing. After three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God carried by the Levitical priests, you are to break camp and follow it. But keep a distance of about a 1,000 yards. That's just under one kilometer, about 0.914 of a kilometer. 1,000 yards between yourself and the Ark. Don't go near it so that you can see the way to go, for you haven't traveled this way before. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourself, because the Lord will do wonders among you tomorrow. Verse 6, then he said to the priests, carry the Ark of the Covenant and go on ahead of the people. And so they carried the Ark of the Covenant, went ahead of them. The Lord spoke to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, so that you will know that I will be with you just as I was with Moses. Down to verse 14. When the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carried the Ark of the Covenant ahead of the people. Now the Jordan overflows its banks throughout the harvest season, but as soon as the priests carrying the Ark reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water at its edge, and the water flowing downstream stood still, rising up in a mass that extended as far as Adam, a city next to Zarathan. The water flowing downstream into the Sea of Arabah, the Dead Sea, was completely cut off, and the people crossed opposite Jericho. The priests carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood firmly on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, while all Israel crossed on dry ground until the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan. One translation puts verse 5 like this. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourself for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. The NLT says, uh, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. God is still doing amazing things. He's still doing miracles. He's still doing wonders for His people, in His people, and through His people. And today, God wants, as Pastor Matt was sharing earlier, God wants to increase our faith, our expectation for Him to do mighty things. Amen. The book of Romans tells us that everything written in the past, that's in the Old Testament, was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have faith. So today, this, this lesson from history, 
of God bringing Israel through the Jordan into the promised land has things for you and you and you and you. They can increase your faith. They will encourage you to believe God and have incredible hope for the future in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the Word of the living God. We thank you that it's breathed out by the Holy Spirit. And this Word brings faith. And we pray today that by the Holy Ghost, this Word will bring faith into people's hearts and minds, that our thinking will be renewed. You will replace thinking that is, that is negative or thinking that is too small with thinking that is, Lord, enlarged because of the greatness of our God and the great love that God has for us and the great promises that God has for us in Jesus' name. Let hearts be strengthened. Let faith grow today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Well, it's great to be here at Dandenong. It's great. We had a good time at Faith Ringwood, and now that's continuing as a standalone church. And I want to thank Pastor Matt and Franco. They've been incredibly, talk about being generous, they've been incredibly generous toward us, Jasmine and me, but also towards the campus there that's becoming a church again. And all that equipment that, that was purchased is now gone with that new church. Isn't that incredible? Amen. What a good thing. We thank God for that. Give, give the Lord praise for that goodness and generosity of Pastor Matt and Franco. Okay, let, let me just paint the picture of this story. So in chapter 2 of Joshua, the Bible says that Joshua sent out, Joshua the son of Nun secretly sent two men as spies from the Acacia Grove saying, go and scout the land, especially Jericho. So we sent them out, they went out, they checked out the land and the city, they escaped discovery, God protected them through a woman called Rahab who had a bit of a past, but God, God reached out to her and she reached out to God and God protected her and used her to protect God's servants and brought, her through, brought them through uh, her help and her protection. And now they're coming back to their leader, Joshua, and they're coming to bring a report. And you can read about that in chapter 2 of Joshua, verse uh, 23 and 4. It says, The men returned, came down from the hill country, and crossed the Jordan. They went to Joshua, son of Nun, and reported everything that happened to them. Verse 24, They told Joshua, The Lord has handed over the entire land to us. That's a statement of faith. The Lord has handed over the entire land to us. Everyone who lives in the land is also panicking because of us. And that's all that Joshua needed to hear. It put faith in his heart because God had already spoken to him. Back in Joshua chapter 1, you can read about that. God says, don't be afraid, be courageous. As I was with Moses, so I am with you. And I'm going to work miracles. This previous generation uh, disobeyed me and didn't enter into the promised land. They came through the Red Sea. They came out of Egyptian bondage. And now for 40 years, till that generation died out, they've been wandering around in the wilderness. God had been with them. God had blessed them. He'd given them the best shoes. But God has so much more for us than just good shoes. How many believe in good shoes? Amen. But God has so much more for you than just providing for your needs. He wants to do incredible things for you, but through you to impact others in Jesus' name. And so Joshua believed the good report. He had the promise of God. And immediately he sent out runners through the massive camp of Israel, announcing that first thing next morning, we're going to pack up the camp and we're going to move to the banks 
of the Jordan River and we're going to pitch our tents there. There weren't just a few people, there were hundreds of thousands of people. And yet the journey from where they were to the river's edge was an easy one. It was just a few kilometres over smooth ground. And they probably, after they got up that morning, probably finished relocating before midday. And uh, I'm sure there would have been some excitement through this camp. Because here they are, this massive group of people, and they'd heard the promise of God through Joshua. And they thought, this is incredible. Where We stand on the brink of a miracle. A dream is going to come to pass. Our forefathers, they missed it. They disobeyed God. And they missed out, but now our generation, we're going to obey God. We're going to succeed. We're going to come through and see uh, incredible miracles happen and come into this incredible promised land flowing with milk and honey and, and greater blessing. And God was going to make a nation out of them that would impact other nations for the glory of God. So they, they probably talk like that. <clears throat> but as they got closer to the River Jordan, which was a barrier between them and the promised land that was promised to them, they saw something that caused them to be a bit afraid, saw something that confused them. The Jordan was uncrossable. It was flood tide. The Bible says in verse 15 of chapter 3, that it was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing all its banks. It was a raging river, swelled the flood tide. They say it was probably up to flowing at 60 to 65 kilometres an hour. It was uh, 1.6 kilometres across, probably depths up to 3.6 metres. But underneath that, underneath was all this thick undergrowth that could easily trap people, uh, tie, tie around people, trip them up and drown them. And here were these people multiplied hundreds of thousands and they were there for three days watching this passing torrent, probably thinking thoughts, before they were thinking thoughts about this is exciting, we're about to enter into a miracle and in the promise of God. Now they see this flooding river and the danger of the flooding river and probably they were starting to think, well, maybe the strong people among us, I was going to say the strong men, but we know there's plenty of strong women. Amen? Amen. That's right. Maybe the strong people among us, they, they might be able to get over. Maybe they can get through, but we've got old people here and we've got babies here and we've got sick people here. And over 40 years, the previous generation and ourselves, we've accumulated a lot of stuff. And we've got all this gear and all this stuff loading, weighing down our wagons. How on earth are we going to get through this flooding river? It seemed impossible. It seemed incredible that they were going to move. They believed they could move from the wilderness into the promised land. And we know that they did by faith. But it required a great miracle. But now... They're confronted with impossibility. They're confronted with something, an obstacle that stands in their way. Listen, you and I know in the Christian life that if we want to move forward in God and see greater things in our life and in the life of our church, that faith, our faith will always be tested. There will always be opposition. There will always be an obstacle. But we have to know what God says. God says, that's nothing, there's nothing too hard for me. Jesus said, the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. Everything in your life right now that looks impossible, <clears throat> every person in your life that looks impossible, I'm not going to say you're sitting beside them, but who knows where they are. The situation health-wise, financially, whatever it is, it looks impossible. You can write over the top of that, possible, it's possible with God. 
It's possible. Jesus said it's possible. And we have this incredible story of how God intervened and brought about a miracle. They weren't just crossing a physical river at flood tide, these Israelites. They were about to enter into a new future that God had promised them. Back in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, God spoke to Joshua and said, No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I'll be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law that Moses gave you. Do not turn to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. So God had promised them a great future, but there was an obstacle. There was opposition. And it's not negative to say that you're going to face obstacles this year, this coming year, like you did this last year. You're going to face tests and trials of your faith. But that's normal because in the midst of that, God wants to show his power and his love and bring you through that into a greater place. So what do we need to do? Well, first of all, first of all, we need to activate our faith. That's the first thing. We need to activate our faith. We need to believe that just like Israel stood there on the banks of the river, poised for an incredible future, so we stand poised to possess what God has for us as his children through Jesus Christ. There's more. Amen. There's more blessing, more power of the Holy Spirit, more miracles, more provision. There's more people to come to Christ and be born again and be saved. Did you know, I'm sure you did, that the city of Greater Dandenong and the city of Casey, how many people here live in the city of Greater Dandenong or the city of Casey? Put your hand up. How many live in the city of Monash? How many live in the city of Knox? How many are not sure where you live? Okay, just checking. Okay. Well, just in Greater Dandenong and Casey, just in those two cities, which Faith Christian Church has an impact upon, as well as into other areas like Knox and Monash, etc., just in the Greater Dandenong and Casey, there's 528,513 people. 528,513. That's bigger than Canberra. That's bigger than Newcastle. And that doesn't include the surrounding areas that probably pushes it up to over a million people. So there's heaps of land to possess. There are heaps of people who need to come to Christ. There's your friends, there's your neighbours, your loved ones. But there is incredible promises available to us. There's more and we have to activate our faith. Number one, we have to activate our faith to move forward in Jesus' name. Because there are obstacles that come against us. What are some of the obstacles that come against us? Maybe you've made some mistakes in life. Anybody here made mistakes? Anybody here never made a mistake? Anybody here totally delusional? Okay. Yeah, there you go. You've made some dumb decisions. You've tried to succeed in a goal and you've failed. Well, welcome to the world of the Apostle Peter. He failed, didn't he? He cursed and swore and denied the Lord, went out and wept bitterly, and thought, that was it, it's all over. But the Bible tells us that Jesus hadn't given up on him. Jesus said, I'm going to pray for you that your faith will not fail before he made the mistake. And Jesus Christ has greater purpose for you and he has forgiveness for you and he wants you to leave that behind and not wallow in the past. You can't undo the past, you just got to give it to him and let him work it out and he'll forgive you and cause you to move forward. Maybe your Jordan River is a sin that you keep on repeating. The Bible talks about sin that easily trips us up and entangles us. Well, 
1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, wasn't written to the unsaved, it's written to Christians, it's for us. And so we need to press into God, get, get, the, get the monkey off our back, give those things to God, let the blood of Christ cleanse them, and know God has called us to move forward. The grace of God is, is there to help us to move forward into greater blessing. Maybe your Jordan River is a resentment towards another person. Jesus said, you know, in this world you're going to have trouble, and one of the things in this world you're going to have is people will offend you. Offenses will come. Don't put your hand up, but I'm sure you've been offended. And definitely don't put your hand up now. I'm sure you've probably offended somebody, and you probably don't even know it. Isn't that true? We've all been offended. We've probably offended people. People get on our goat sometimes. You say, well, get rid of the goat. That's a good idea. But we get offended. Things come against us. We're, we're living with human beings, and, and they can cause us to get angry, and we can harbor unforgiveness, but that unforgiveness will block the purpose of God in your life, and you've got to deal with it. You say, well, I don't feel like dealing with it. Well, don't live by your feelings. Live by faith. God, by faith in Christ, has forgiven you, whether you feel it or not, and you've received it. As much as you've received that grace and received that mercy through Jesus by faith, now give it by faith and pray for that person, whatever his or her name is. And just bless them and say, Lord, I'm not holding on to this. This is going to stop the miracle of God. This is going to stop the blessing of God. This is going to stop the purpose of God. And nothing is worth holding on to that will stop God's blessing. So I'm giving it up in Jesus' name. Maybe there's something that is not your fault. Something that was done to you. Abuse of some sort as a child or as a young person or even as an adult. A sickness, a fear. It's what that person did to me. Well, Joseph in the Old Testament, he copped some stuff from his brothers. How would you like to have brothers like that? The age of 17, they uh, threw him into a pit and then they sold him into slavery and they lied to their father about what happened to Joseph. They dipped his special coat that the father had made for him in the blood of an animal that they killed and said, look, he must have been gored or killed by an animal. They, they were... <laughs> They were a unique people. But later on, 20 years later, when Joseph was running Egypt and saving all that food and being blessed and favoured of God, wherever he went, the presence of God was with him. And now he's being blessed and the brothers come to him and they, he reveals himself to his brothers and they think they're, they're going to cop it for their past abuse of their brother. This is what Joseph said, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God uh, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. How could he have that sort of perspective? The presence of God and the promises of God were with him and caused him to have grace and mercy, and God can give that to you. It doesn't mean what was done against you and what was done against Joseph was not bad. Forgiveness doesn't imply that something was, it didn't matter. Forgiveness implies that it did matter. It costs God's Son, Jesus, to die on the cross because sin matters and it costs forgiveness. Uh, the price for forgiveness is a huge price, but it is available and we need to give it to people to move forward. Maybe your Jordan River is a faith test. Faith is always tested. 
You say, I'm believing God for my family. I'm believing God for my work situation. I'm believing God for our church. I'm believing God for my unsaved family members. Well, your faith will be tested, but God intends to fulfill that faith. And even though your faith is tested, He will test it so that you can come through and see miracles. Wilbur Wright, the father of aviation. There were two brothers, weren't there? Wilbur and Orville. I'm glad... They weren't, their parents weren't my parents and gave me names like that. But anyway, Wilbur and Orville, the father of aviation, he said, no bird soars in a calm. No bird soars in a calm. God allows the tests and the trials. It happened to Jesus. He was tempted. He went into the wilderness to be tempted, led by the Spirit to be tempted. So God will allow tests and trials, but he came through it by the power of the Word of God. It is written, he said. It is written. He stuck it to the devil. It is written. And he came out, the Bible says, in the power of the Spirit of God. And that's what God wants to do in you. Grow your faith and increase your faith through the power of the faith being tested. So, listen to what Jack Hayford says about this story. He says, The swelling waters of the Jordan readily depict the way circumstances rise to argue against our progress, to declare their dominion over us. You'll never possess the promise, they say, his promises may be the hope of realizing a long-held dream, the yearning to resolve a long-term problem, or the hope of receiving the answer to a lifetime prayer. But whatever the circumstances, whenever the circumstances rise as Jordan's waters did, God still says, now, child, rise and move forward. Your new day has come. I've chosen this difficult moment for it allows the most dramatic manifestation of my love for you and my power in you. That's what God wants to do for you. He loves you. And he wants to reveal his power for you and in you. Four decades earlier, the children of Israel came out of Egypt through the Red Sea. And God was saying to Joshua, just like I was with Moses and brought them through, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. You know, when you read in the Bible, in the Scriptures, in the Old and New Testament, about God working miracles, he is still doing the same thing. He hasn't diminished his power. He hasn't toned it down. He's still the God of Moses and the God of Joshua and the God of Paul and the God of Peter and the God, the Father of Jesus. He's still doing miracles and he wants to do miracles for us and we need to live with that expectation of faith. How do we get that expectation of faith? The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If faith can come, then faith can go. Faith comes. God spoke to the children of Israel and told them to remember well in Deuteronomy, remember well what the Lord God did to Pharaoh and to all of Egypt because we're apt to forget. And God told Joshua, I'm going to be with you. Be courageous. You're going to enter in and possess the land. But in verse 8 of chapter 1, God tells Joshua what he needs to do. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do all that is written in it. So, so you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. To activate your faith, to move into the promises of God and the miracles of God this year, you've got to meditate and saturate yourself in the Word of God. The Bible says day and night, day and night. God knew that Joshua needed the promises to give him faith. There was going to be this impossible 
Jordan River facing him. So something had to captivate his mind that was greater than the fear and greater than the circumstances. And something has to captivate your heart and your spirit and your mind that is greater than what you can see or feel round about you in the circumstances of life. And what that thing is, is the Word of God. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. God is going to do. He's going to work miracles in my life. But if I want to get into that place of faith, I've got to meditate in the meditate in the Word of God. Meditate in it. What does it mean to meditate? Well, it doesn't mean to sit in the lotus position and contemplate your navel. It means to muse or to ponder, even to talk to yourself about the Word of God. It's, it's good to read the Word, and we should all read the Word, but it's not good enough just to read the Word. You've got to feed on the Word. If you want to have the faith of God that will move through impossibilities in 2020, you've got to feed on the Word of God. There is more for you. God has a greater diet for you. It's not about how many scriptures you read. You know, you have your one-year Bible, and I'm not against all that. I've used the one-year Bible. You have those, or, or a thing you're going to read through the Bible. Say, that's good. I read Genesis 1 to 3 today. Tick. I read Psalm, Psalms 1 to 5 today. Tick. I read Matthew 1 to 3. Tick. That's reading the Word of God. That's good. That's a good start. But God says, if you want the faith that will move through the impossible into the miraculous, you've got to meditate on the Word of God. The Bible tells us in Psalm 1, blessed is the one who delights in the law of the Lord, who meditates on it day and night. That person's going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, and you're going to bring forth fruit in your season, and whatever you do will prosper. God's going to put faith in your heart. God's going to increase your faith, but it's going to come through meditating on the Word. Another picture of meditating on the Word is what cows do. How many people ever brought up on a farm here? Anybody brought up on a farm? Oh, yes. Well, what do cows do most, most days? They eat. They continually eat. They're always eating. And I don't want to make you sick, but when a cow eats, it chews up some of the grass it's eating and it swallows it. But how many know a cow has more than one stomach? You learn things in church. Isn't that amazing, isn't it? A cow has more than one stomach. And uh, so it eats, eats all that grass, and then it, then it regurgitates it, and it, it mixes some of the digestive juices with it, and it keeps on chewing it after it's brought it up. And then it's, as it's chewing, they call that it's chewing the cud. Now, you're not encouraged to do that, all right? Don't, don't, don't start bringing it up and chewing it and pretending to be a cow. But spiritually, you're, you're meant to be a cow. You're meant to be like a cow. And they chew, chew it up, they swallow it, and they get more nutrients out of, out of it. They don't just chew it for a bit and then swallow it. A cow can chew up to eight hours a day. They'll be chewing on their cud. That's a lot of chewing. That's a lot of sapping the life out of that grass. Isn't that right? They get the most out of it. And that's what meditation is. It's musing. It's pondering. It's asking questions. It's praying the Word. It's talking about the Word. And we're meant to do that. We're not just meant to read the Word. We're meant to meditate in the Word. And as we feed ourselves on the Word of God, there's plenty of nutrients in there. 
You say, oh, I've read the book of John. Well, good, read it again. I've read the book of Well, read it again. Read Ephesians. Get the word into your spirit. Read the Psalms. Get yourself in the Psalms. Read it out loud. Pray the word because it's going to renew your mind and it's going to build faith, the faith that will move through the impossibilities that we face and into the miraculous that God has for us in Jesus' name. So turn to the person on the left or right of you and say, you're meant to do what a cow does. Just tell them that. You're meant to do what a cow does. You are meant to do what a cow does. Amen. So if we want our faith to be activated, we've got to feed our faith. And when we feed our faith... You know, some days will be ordinary. Some days will be mundane. Not every day is going to be miracles left, right, and center. But we're going to face a challenge somewhere down the line, a test of our faith, because the enemy doesn't want us to possess the promises of God, the purpose of God. The enemy doesn't want us to enter into the more of God's blessing for us, and we're going to face that challenge. But if we've been meditating on the Word and renewing our mind on the Word of God and who God is, the greatness of God, we're going to face that thing with the power of God's Word. We say, enemy, you're not going to stop me. I'm coming through. My God is more than able to do whatever I, 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 far beyond what I could ask or imagine. And not only that, He is with me. He is for me. He has promised, and He's going to do it in Jesus' name. And we fight from a position of strength because of the Word of God. Faith also involves action. It says here in this story that the priests went out first, carrying the ark, and they dipped their feet in the water. Now, they didn't know what was going to happen, but they obeyed. They stepped out by faith. And faith isn't based on your feelings. Faith is based on obeying God and doing what God tells us to do. It involves risk. How many know that those priests had a bit of risk in putting their feet in those flooded waters? And maybe they could have get caught up in all the rubbish underneath. But no, they stepped out by faith. It involves risk. And God wants us to take risk. If we want to play safe in the Christian life, we can play safe where we're going to miss out. But faith involves stepping out by faith. This church, under their leadership of our senior pastors, have stepped out and bought some land down in Casey. That's exciting. God loves that. God honors faith. How many know that as we, uh, we step out by faith with the leadership of our church and get our feet wet financially by giving and sowing into it, that land will be paid for and a great building will be built there, a worship center for the glory of God, because God has more. There's more territory for the church to possess in this city and in this community in Jesus' name. And it requires faith that steps out. You say, I don't feel like serving God. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like witnessing. I don't feel like forgiving. Well, do it by faith. Do it by faith in Jesus' name. And as you do, it takes a risk to forgive somebody especially if you know there's been an offense between you and you go up to a brother or sister and say, look, I'm sorry, forgive me. Now, don't say that to them if they don't know that you've got something against them. That's, that's not a good way to do it. But if there's been a breakdown of relationship and you reach out, you take a risk to build that relationship, to restore that relationship, but you have to get your feet wet for God to work a miracle. Amen. And, you know, invite the neighbors, invite the friends, invite your, your relatives to church. It takes a risk. You might get rejected. Well, who cares? Keep trying. Keep praying. Keep believing and invite them and get your feet wet by faith. Give to God, like Pastor Matt said. Sow into the kingdom of God. You'll never, you've got to get your feet wet. It takes a risk. 
It goes against the natural mind, but God responds to faith. He loves faith. He honors faith. So to cross our Jordans and enter into the miraculous, we need to activate faith. The second thing, to cross the Jordan and into the promised land of what God has for us, we need to depend on God through prayer. We need to depend on God through prayer. The Bible tells us in Psalm 114 what brought the children of Israel through this Jordan River. What happened? It says in verse 3, 5, why, why, why was it, sea, that you fled? Jordan, that you turned back. Mountains, that you skipped like rams. Hills, like lambs. Verse 7 tells us, Tremble, earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob. It was the presence of God that brought them through. There was a faith-filled leader who had the word marinating in his mind and in his brain. He had time to do it. He's a busy man leading hundreds of thousands of people, but he, he got aside and meditated in the word and 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 chewed on that word and built faith in him. But they were people of the presence of God. And God was with Moses, and now God says, my presence will be with you, Joshua. How was the presence of God revealed? It was in the Ark of the Covenant. And that Ark spoke of God's presence, God's power, God's guidance. And the priests were out front, and the hundreds of thousands of people had to have a a gap between them and the Ark so they could keep their eyes on the priests who were carrying the presence of God because the presence of the Holy Spirit was going to lead them through that impossibility into the miraculous that God had for them. God says here through Joshua, you've never been this way before. You you and I can't rely on past experiences. Thank God for 2019 and 2018 and 2017 and you just keep going back to when you were born. Last century for some of you, isn't that right? How many were born last century? Give us a wave. I was born last century. Not the 19th century, the 20th century. And you can say, oh, if only I'd done that, if only I'd done that, if only that, that could have been a better year. Well, God has no miracles for 2015 for you. God has no miracles for 2018 or 19, well, maybe for 19, a couple more days to go. But God only has great things for your future And to get into that future, you've got to follow the presence of the Holy Spirit. You can't rely on your past experiences. We need the Holy Spirit. We need His presence guiding us and leading us. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. God's children are people of the Holy Spirit. They follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And how do we get that leading of the Holy Spirit in our life? Through prayer. Prayer brings us into the presence of God and gives us the mind of God and leads us forward. In chapter 3 and 4 of Joshua, we see here 16 times the Ark of the Covenant is mentioned. The presence of God was with them and the presence of God led them forward. Thankfully, the presence of God lives in you and lives in me. And we need to fellowship with Him every day through prayer and He will bring us through. One person said this, Some Christians take better care of their mobile phones and they do their own souls. They plug in their phones every night, but they don't recharge their soul every day. That's what I said. You can say it backwards too, Jesse. Wow. They don't recharge their soul every day in God's Word and in prayer. We look after our, our social media better than we do our souls, but if we'll recharge ourselves in prayer and renew our minds in the Word of God. It's not just being, yes, it will make us a better Christian, but it's about moving forward into a greater purpose. It's about taking a hold of the promises of God. 
God wants to give us more. God wants to use us more. And I, I do know about you and I do know about me. I want more in Jesus' name. I want to see more. Amen. I want to be used by God more. And that will happen as we pray and believe God. You know, the first century church, they were a church of prayer. When they were persecuted, when they were opposed, they came together and they prayed and God shook them. Acts 4 talks about it and they're all filled with the Holy Ghost and they kept on preaching the word because they prayed. They weren't intimidated. So things are going to come against us, intimidate us, lie to us, fill us with fear. But as we renew our minds in the word, activate our faith and get filled with the Holy Spirit and pray together, come together and pray, there's going to be a fresh anointing, a fresh empowerment to move forward in Jesus' name. Amen? That's true. Charles Spurgeon said this, Do not restrain prayer, for only through prayer can the prosperity of a church be increased or even maintained. God wants to prosper Faith Christian Church. Thank God for what's happened in the last, how many years have been going? 70, nearly 70 years. And the last 10 years, the last five years. But there's more, isn't there? There's more. And God wants to, you to be part of that more. And it requires a people who will pray and believe God. The final point. To press into God's promises. Did you say good, Jesse? I thought somebody, I thought, oh, no, you did. Oh, no worries. That's all right. I'll give you another point just for that. Amen. No, that's all right. You're allowed to say good. No worries. To press into the promise of God and to see God work miracles and to possess what God has for us, we've got to activate our faith. We've got to depend on God's presence through prayer. And number three, we've got to commit ourselves totally to Him. Sanctify yourself for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. Purify yourself. Consecrate yourself. That word, Hebrew word, means to prepare yourself, to dedicate yourself to be holy, to be set apart. 2 Timothy 2.21 says, If you keep yourself pure, you will be a utensil God can use for His purpose. Your life will be clean and you'll be ready for the Master to use you for every good work. Consecrate. We don't, you know, we don't preach much about consecration and holiness because often in the past in, in the Christian church it's been more negative about what we don't do. We don't do this and we don't do that and we don't chew and we don't hang around with people who do and all that sort of stuff, you know. And it's about what we don't do. But here, being set apart was for a purpose. It was preparing them for the future. And God said, I want all your heart, because if I have all your heart, then I can give you all my heart and all my power, and I can lead you into a great future. If you'll cleanse yourself, you can be a vessel useful for the Master. You know, the most important part of you and me is unseen. It's unseen. It's your heart. It's your spirit. It's your mind. It's your thoughts. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. David's prayer, after he failed miserably with Bathsheba, he said this in Psalm 51 verse 10, Create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. And that's your greatest asset. And so if God has your heart and God has all of your heart, He can reveal His power to you. 2 Chronicles 16, 9, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the whole earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. If we want tomorrow to be different, we've got to dedicate ourselves today. Amen. Sanctify yourself for tomorrow. God is in your tomorrow. God has dreams for your tomorrow. 
God has dreams for the tomorrow of this church which are incredible and amazing, but it starts with a people who take a hold of the promises of God and say, yeah, there's obstacles. Yes, there's an enemy, but God has said we're going to come through and there's a great miracle awaiting us and we're going to come through that in the name of Jesus Christ. And we're people of the presence who pray and follow the power and the presence of God. And God is always leading us somewhere. The Holy Ghost just doesn't come upon us to make us feel good. Thank God we feel good. But He's come to fill us with purpose and vision and direction and take us somewhere in Jesus' name to be blessed and to be a blessing to others in the name of the Lord. And it starts when we fully yield ourselves to Him every day, every day. Everyone say every day, every day. This is an everyday thing. These are things that we have to do continually. And then the promise is God will do amazing things among you. Amazing things among you. God wants to do miracles in us and through us and for us. He wants to bless us. He wants to use us. There's a harvest of people out there who don't know Jesus. I'll close with this story. I've told this story many times. And I'm just going to tell it again because I like it. <laughs> and uh, if you're a preacher, you can squeeze a story into, a story into any sermon. But it, it does apply. There was a farmer who had a donkey. And it's not a true story, so just in case you thought it was it. The farmer who has a donkey, and the donkey fell down a well. And this poor donkey cried out for hours, and the farmer was trying to work out, how do I get this donkey out of this deep well? And finally he decided it was probably impossible, and the donkey was old and beyond helping and working, and the well was dry, so it wasn't worth trying to retrieve the donkey. So the farmer got his neighbours to come over, and they're just going to pour rubbish and dirt on top of the donkey and cover up the well and they all began to grab shovels and, and shovel the dirt and everything else and before at first the donkey didn't know what was happening of course and he was crying out and squealing horribly it's not a true story I don't call the RSPCA it, it, this story has a purpose to it and then, then, then suddenly to everyone's amazement the donkey went quiet and let out a few nice little brays Barry Raised Barry. And a few shovel loads later, the farmer looked down the well to see what was happening and was watching the donkey because the rubbish, the dirt would fall on the donkey's back and he would shake it off, step on it, and move up a little higher. Then some more would come down, he'd shake it off, step on it, and move up a little higher. And he kept on shaking it off, stepping on it, and moving up a little higher. That's what God wants you to do this year. Rubbish is going to come. Stuff's going to come against you. And you've got to take a hold of the Word of God and the promises of God and the power of the Holy Spirit through prayer and say, God, I'm, I'm going to see miracles in my life. I'm going to see miracles in my family. I'm going to see miracles in my health. And we're going to see miracles in our finances. We're going to see miracles in our church. We're going to see people come to Christ and get born again and get filled with the Spirit. And I'm shaking off the rubbish of the enemy and I'm stepping on it. I'm moving up high. Now, the good, the, the, the good ending to this fake story is that the, the donkey did so much of that that he got to the top of the well and he stepped out of the well and he walked over and there was a beautiful stream flowing. It wasn't the Yarra River. It was clean. It was beautiful. And he went over there and had a drink and renewed his energy, renewed his strength. So that's the moral of the story. The devil in life's going to throw rubbish at you. Isn't that true? 
Absolutely. Your faith will be tested, but the Word of God will come and renew your mind. The Word of God is you meditate in it. It's not about how, how many chapters you've read. It's good if you read through the Bible. That's important. That's the start. But it's meditating in that Word. It's chewing it over. It's letting the Holy Ghost come and speak to you and say, that's you there on the banks of that Jordan River. I'm with you. My presence is with you. My promise is with you. This thing in front of you seems impossible, but I'm the, I'm the way maker. We've been singing about it enough this year. I'm the way maker. I'm the miracle worker. Amen. I'm the God who makes a way where there is no way. Praise God. I'm the light in the darkness. That's who He is. And He wants to come through for us as we trust Him. And we have the power of the Holy Spirit. The same. The good thing about the Holy Ghost, He's not residing in a box up front. He's living in you. He's living in me. We're the temples of the Holy Spirit. We're the presence. We're the presence of God is within us. What for? To change us and to build faith into us and to fulfill the purpose of God in us and through us in Jesus' powerful name. Hallelujah. I want to give my whole heart to a good God like that. A God who loves us so much that regardless of the past, it's forgiven and cleansed and He has an exciting future for us if we'll trust Him and obey Him and follow Him in Jesus' name. It's not just about my needs being met, even though He wants to meet my needs. It's about empowering us to impact others. He wants us to make us whole so we can make others whole in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.